Hello, right, before we begin, I wanted to highlight some key episodes in case you've missed them before, or if this is the first time you're listening, that you can go and check them out after this one. So if you're a mortgage broker, mortgage advisor, work in the mortgage space, I would highly recommend checking out episode number 153 and 154. That was a two-part series on nine different ways that you can generate mortgage leads. Now, if you work in pensions, investments, and you wanna get more pension leads, I would check out episode 159. That was a special all about pensions. If it's bridging that you like, that you're what you're into, that you want to get more of those kind of inquiries, check out episode 160. And if it's equity release and you want to get more inquiries for that, check out episode 161. Right, enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to the Advisors Assemble podcast. We are on episode 200, which is a bit crazy to say. And the only person that I could think of inviting on as a guest was our guest from episode one, Mr. Pete Matthew. How's it going? It's going really well, Alex. Thanks for having me back and congrats on an incredible achievement. 200 is a lot of episodes. It is, it is. And I was just saying that I'm still learning because literally, as we just tried to start a minute ago, the postman came around and then I accidentally muted myself. So you, you, you're still a beginner at 200. So like anyone thinking about launching their own, you don't have to be any good. To get to get to, get to two hundred <laughs> episodes, you'll be you'll be fine. True, you'll be fine. So I've said it to you off air that the the one thing that I've I've never forgotten is that three month waiting list and how every advisor I ever speak to kind of wants that. Mm. How's that still going? And is it? It very much is still at around two to three months. But I mean, since I spoke to you a little over three years ago for your episode one since yeah. then at the, well at the time it was just me taking mm. those leads i had other advisors but they had their own client banks and all that sort of stuff now i have me and four other advisors taking those inquiries and Crazy. we're still on a three-month waiting list to put it in put it in context i hired a new practice manager in september last year mm. and we changed a bunch of stuff and we decided for the last two months of the year november and december we will take on no new inquiries Right, So the sort of three-month waiting list started to back up quite a bit. (laughs) When we sort of opened the gates again in January, we had 60 people waiting to work with us. Wow. So it's just crazy. So we're very fortunate in that regard, but it's been a lot of work to get to that point. But yeah, it's definitely still still the case. Brilliant. And then you were kind of saying as well, the quality of kind of inquiry that you're getting as well, just just kind of as ramped up as well. Yeah. And it's hard to know what to put that down to advisors have always asked me, you know, if you're getting all these inquiries from the internet, what's the, what's the quality like really? Mm. And by accident more than by design, it turns out actually the quality of those inquiries and the clients that we end up working with is absolutely where mm-hmm. we want to be. But it's it seems to have increased, not just in the volume, but also, as you said, in the quality. So really professionally interesting, challenging intricate multi-generational planning work lots of tax planning going on lots of trusts and estate planning just the stuff that we like to do but i mean even even the other day i had a client come to me and he was a member of something called an e-furbs 
and I had to look up what it was. <laughs> yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. Like, oh, yes, yes, of course, yes, E-Furbs. <laughs> you know, while on my other monitor, while I'm looking at him, I'm sort of secretly Googling what on earth an E-Furbs was. I had a vague recollection from when I did an exam 20 years ago. Yeah. But it's stuff like that. It's like, okay, we're still learning. We're still getting better at what we do. And next time somebody rocks up with an E-Furbs, which will probably be after I've retired, you know, I'll know what it is. That's pretty much all you can ask for, isn't it? A sort of steady stream yeah. of really interesting, right in your sweet spot, professionally challenging inquiries so we're very lucky absolutely and then for anyone that hasn't listened to episode one god forbid them <gasps> i know <laughs> do you know what a lot of people do start from the beginning yeah weird, so, that. do you find that with yours that yeah yeah because yeah. they got 450 to go through so you know they do that and then they sort of <laughs> they get in touch about 18 months later and say right okay yeah now yeah, I've caught exactly. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had I've had a client once who was like, "Oh, I'm really I'm a bit gutted that you only do it weekly because I've sort of caught up now, mm. and now I have to have it wait a week." Isn't that great but, though? Yeah, no, that is that is it is crazy. But you when you get to that kind of number, where you've got this people can binge on yeah. your your stuff <laughs> and really get to know you. So for anyone that hasn't listened to episode one, you have got the Meaning Before Money podcast you've got your youtube channel but when when was it use was it like 2014 or 2010 or so it's been like over a decade first video went up in 2010 yeah april yeah. 2010 actually so we're recording this right at the beginning of april yeah. 2022 so it's 12 years this month wow. and yeah podcasts started in november 2012 so that's coming up 10 years old and then if you go on itunes look at the finance section you're in like the top 10 uh, yeah pretty consistently but i mean a lot of that is just you know dogged sort yeah. of sticking at it week <laughs> after week after week for, yeah. for more than a decade so and i had somewhat sort of early mover advantage there wasn't a lot yeah, in yeah. the space when i started so i was quite lucky in that regard but you know you make your own luck to a point and certainly you compound that luck by keeping going yeah <laughs> so. absolutely absolutely well the, the weird thing is now so when we we launched our podcast you know for marketing for financial services there's now like about five in this mm-hmm. this little niche pretty niche really yeah it is isn't it but yeah. it's great there's sport everyone's sport for choice which is which is amazing but it's good that now there are more people emulating what you're doing you know there's people yeah. on youtube there's two people with their own podcasts and things like that people that i think it's definitely- great embracing yeah. it more especially when i remember we were talking as well we, we were always talking about this our compliance being an issue it feels like people are not you know it's still there obviously but some of the networks are being much more sort of proactive about helping people do things and yeah you know it seems a much easier place to create that kind of content uh, yeah I, I think so compliance was always a bit of a red herring for me it's fairly easy to stay the right side of the lines mm. but obviously if you're a network and you've got you know, a thousand advisors wanting to do this stuff. It's a much bigger proposition than me doing yeah, it solo. Yeah. So I do kind of understand uh, going on a slightly overcautious approach, but I'm glad it's opening up a bit because it's such an incredible medium, oh, yeah. podcast, YouTube or whatever, to getting a decent message out and people will show up if it's any good. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I think coming back to your point about the, the good quality from your, your online stuff, because I think the people that have got a big problem in terms of they've got a lot of, cash and they're not sure what to do with it or they're inherited or or whatever they're gonna do their research it feels like the bigger the pot the more kind of they feel like they need to find the right person and if they just go to this kind of website that looks i'm seeing i see a lot of websites look stunning but it's like who am i gonna who you know who am i actually gonna speak to on this i find that sometimes we forget that we do we forget as sort of finance professionals just what a massive 
amount of trust it takes for somebody to walk across our door or to pick mm. up the phone and speak to us. Because we do this stuff all day, every day, and we know we're, that we're, you know, decent folks and we're not out to rip anybody off, mm. but the public don't know that. No, and no. we haven't, as an industry, covered ourselves in glory. And, of course, the, the bad news stories always outshout the, the good news stories. So the great thing about these media is that we can – put our own messages out and in so doing give people an insight into how we think how we speak how we look and mm. just how we come across and people tell me all the time you know it, it's so weird to talk to you live <laughs> because you know i've been listening yeah. to you for a year and i feel like i know you really well yeah. how's the family you know how's ellie how's kate I'm like yeah they're really fine you know and because and it's not bizarre it's like a an immediate buy into the second round yeah, yeah. because you've got this relationship already to this point it's been one-sided but it's such an easy then transition for it to become a two-way relationship Absolutely. so there's no friction nobody ever says no or hardly anybody mm -hmm. gets to the point of getting in touch with us here and then decides to go elsewhere because they've kind of already made the decision yeah. It's going to be hard. Like, why would yeah. they choose anyone else? It's going to be really hard because it's, yeah. it, and that's why referrals are so good because you've you've got that that trust yes. has been passed on, but you've you've earned that trust in a different way. But it's still there. It's just as strong, isn't it? It is. Yeah, super powerful. Nice. And I don't think it takes that long. We've got a couple of clients that have got their own podcast, whether it be about planning or about mortgages, mm -hmm. and they say the same thing. And they're, you know, some of them, you know, at the point of being 20 episodes in or, or 15, yeah. it didn't, you know, it didn't take years and years and years. And some of them are kind of like, weren't expecting the download numbers that they've got. Yeah. Is there's a real need for this stuff, a real, uh, there's definitely an audience. And if you can inject personality and humor into it, as well as it being sort of relentlessly helpful, then you're onto a winner, really. And it can only do good things for your business, no question. Exactly, exactly. Cool. Right, on to my favorite bit of the <laughs> Business Superhero series, which I'm very excited about, is where I get my guests to give me three facts. Only one of them is true. It's like, a, you know, they do it like corporate team building. <laughs> exercise yeah. so you've probably done it before but yeah i would i would love to hear i mean i don't know you very well i mean we've no, obviously had the correspondence we've corresponded we've met uh i remember actually when we first met i think you thought i was going to try and sell you something because you were like oh we don't need we don't need marketing and you know oh. we've got, we got this <laughs> yes. i don't need to talk to you young man um <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not in quite such a patronising disparaging no, no, way, no. But. but it was like uh, it was like you were you you cut that off like <laughs> immediately, which I thought was brilliant. And I, I was still like, get no. it now; it cracks me up. Yeah, what I want to say is, do you not know who I am? But of course, <laughs> yeah. I, I never would do that. But do you know what I mean? It, it makes <laughs> yeah. me smile every time. We can help you with your digital marketing. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> can you do better than what yeah no exactly you have not done yeah. your research no. my my favorite one is when people try and sell me lead generation for financial <laughs> services that is my favorite and if i just got, reply with your url yeah i don't well i don't i i actually reply what is lead generation and then some of them tell me what it is i love it, <laughs> it it's genuinely good fun cool right okay so i'm excited about this facts then what's what's the first one if i may i can read ancient hebrew Ooh. why i mean is this from what did you do at like university like with or at, at well, college or something? Was i anything? should say that i was raised in the church my dad is a pastor or he's retired now mm -hmm. and in between my a levels and my university i did a year's sort of Bible study course, really, with I was considering potentially going into the ministry at the time. So right. glad I didn't. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that that sounded quite genuine. Mm-hmm. All right, then. What's what's number two? I only have one kidney. Whew, okay, I mean, not at the realms are possible you're good at this you're good at this because <laughs> as well it's like if it would feel awkward for me to pry as to why so i don't feel like i'm going to ask any follow-up questions so anyone listening if you ever do this as a corporate team building exercise yeah use, these use that one use that one because no one's gonna say oh what, what you don't look like you've got one <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> oh brilliant okay i feel like i'm not gonna win at this one right okay what's what's number three I once kissed Debbie McGee. Ooh, okay. Is this what a, a, a show, or would you? Did you see them at a, um, a theatre or something? And or, or, or was it was it a, a romantic, like proper? You used to date. <laughs> What's the? Oh, I, can't, I couldn't possibly comment on. <laughs> I don't kiss and tell. That was intensely private. I don't. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how completely different these facts are. And yet they could all be so so round because I, I know <laughs> that you've only come up with these today. But this is this is a very good. I literally have no idea. I'm going to say that I think the Hebrew is true. No, it isn't. Oh. but it's close. I can read ancient Greek, so nice. it's close that it could have been plausible. I can yeah. read it. I don't necessarily understand it, but I can read it. I have two kidneys. <laughs> but I did once kiss Debbie McGee, are we, are and we, it was it was an award show. All <laughs> ah, right, okay, on the cheek. What well, was that, it was yeah. merely a peck on the cheek, not not what everybody was imagining. <laughs> oh, mate, you are, you are very good. You so <laughs> I don't want to say you're very good at lying because <laughs> no, you, no, because you, you know, your profession, <laughs> my reputation. May, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. None of what you're going to hear is true, everybody. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so the podcast called Advisors Assemble, a play on Avengers Assemble. I'm a massive superhero geek, but the reason why I love superheroes is because of they they do good, and they don't. It, a lot of it is I call it like the superhero mindset is I want to help other people, and yeah. I don't do it for me. Although you know we get things in return, but yes, that's a kind of the concept behind it. But and I think everyone's got a superpower. What does Pete Matthew think his superpower is? Yeah, I tried to sort of condense this, uh, which is kind of ironic when you, you hear what I'm about to say. I think my superpower is simplifying complex information. Okay. Uh, so maybe teaching. Yeah. I, I, my dad was a teacher and then he was a pastor. Uh, okay. So I kind of, I think I've inherited his ability to communicate, to distill a complex subject to only the things that really matter mm-hmm. for the vast majority of people and then present it in a way which hopefully is engaging. So I would say that's my superpower. That's what I think I was put on earth to do. Yeah, I think it's such an underrated skill as well. Mm. I think sometimes before, even before we niched, actually, I remember we often picked up business because we didn't use, like, jargon. And yeah. we actually talked to people, like, we didn't use, like, the industry words, and we just sort of said how it was and it was like not a lot of people yeah. do that i remember actually being on incredible it. yeah yeah exactly well yeah it is bonkers isn't it and you, you're yeah. like well of course people you should speak to people to say they understand it but people, i remember there was a guy who had an agency and he asked me to sit in on one of his presents and he was like going through all this detail about the server 
that the website was going to be hosting it. And you could see their eyes glazing over. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to know that it was quick and secure. But you went <laughs> through all this stuff. And I was like, I don't understand half of this. And I no. know about websites. It's bonkers. So do you think then your YouTube channel then, if we think you're explaining these things, do you think you could have created as many videos as you have, but they may not have got as many views if you didn't like simplify it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, my YouTube journey has been a really weird one. I mean, I put nearly 300 videos up and like nobody was watching (laughs) (laughs) on views. I mean, this is starting in 2010, right? So it's like there wasn't, it wasn't a very deep pool then. Mm. And I think if only I'd have known what I know now, I probably could, I would have, I could have done a lot better. But, you know, I did that for ages and then I kind of switched to the podcast and that's definitely been the breakout medium Mm. for me. That's the thing that's just driven it to ridiculous levels. But over the last year or so, I really refocused on YouTube and really tried to write specifically for that channel. And mm-hmm. it really is, because really you've got, I mean, most people don't watch a video if it's more for much more than five or six minutes. Yeah. So if you put a 10 minute video in, you've got to really front end load the value. Mm-hmm. You've got to not faff around too much at the start, which is a real temptation because it's, I love video. It's totally self-indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. And I have done stuff where really I'm not into the meat of the content until 90 seconds or two minutes in. And that's an awful lot of time mm. you're wasting of, of your audience. So it's learning things like that. But yeah, definitely there's so much of it now that I remember when I read Crush It before I started the whole project, uh, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. Basic message of that is if your message is any good, people will show up and listen to it or watch it or whatever. And I just think, People have got an awful lot of choice now as to what they consume. So it needs to be good, however you want to define that. So whether that's production values, video audio quality, all that stuff, those things are important. But ultimately, it's the message and how it's delivered that's the mm-hmm. most important thing, I think, and the personality behind it. You know, the the, the way it's delivered, perhaps the, the heart, the spirit behind mm-hmm. it, I think, comes across. So, yeah, that's worked well for me, for sure. Yeah. And then does this translate then, now you're saying you've got your, you've always had a a team, but now you've got these advisors dealing with the Meaningful Money Leads. If you're sort of delivering information to them in a certain way, are you you having to do sort of different training with those advisors to speak to clients in a different way? Or is that part of Jackson's kind of philosophy anyway? I mean, you know, I'm the co-owner of Jackson, so I get to sort of set the tone anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, 80% at current levels of our new business comes from Meaningful Money. The other 20, the vast majority of that is from existing clients. So it's either referrals or mm-hmm. it's, you know, new fees off existing clients for whatever reason. And so, you know, if we've got 80% of it coming in cold, but the way they've come through is through Meaningful Money, there needs not to be like a weird jarring disconnect. Yeah. Mm. You know, so they come through the the funnel in inverted commas. I, I say in inverted commas because that sounds like I designed it rather than just stumbling <laughs> on the whole thing by accident. But you know, it, so people come in through that. What they don't want is to get a totally different message. I mean, that would be we would lose the majority mm. of people who came if that was the case. So there is consistency, mm. but you know, I mean, I get to dictate a little bit and just by spending time with the advisors about just how things might be phrased or. You know, I wrote the the next steps email. So when we have an initial, uh, I call it the courtship call with a prospective <laughs> new client, we follow up with the next steps email, which basically says, look, great to meet you. Thanks for being so candid. This is what we feel like you want to get out of the uh, the whole process and the relationship. This is how the process will go. This is what it will cost you. 
go away and think about it. Let us know if you want to go ahead. But I mean, I wrote that email and it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. What I think we need to do better is uh, I'm actually not very good at creating content for Jackson's. So I'm desperately trying to free up my time here so that I can do more of that. So that it's yeah. a more seamless content journey that people are still getting content, but now it's like bespoke so dedicated content content for our clients. So that's my sort of next thing really. Yeah, nice. So I noticed as well on the latest, so I don't know if it's just the latest season as well, but you've got, so I don't know who Roger is. Is he one <laughs> no. of your advisors? Or? No, Roger's my best mate in the world. We've been buddies for 20 years. And until last June, he was my co-director, one of my co-directors here at Jackson's uh, okay. and one of the advisors. So he's chartered financial planner, 20-year industry vet, well, 40 year really, but 20 years, particularly in the advice side of the industry, he was in banking before that. And we've been mates for 25 years. So we mm. get on, I mean, I'd take the mick out of him relentlessly. <laughs> He's proper Cornish, right? Yeah. So he sounds like he was, you know, raised on a farm in <laughs> West Cornwall. People love it because he's got this sort of fatherly, sort of uh, gentle voice. But I made that decision. and He was on the last season with me and, and, and this season just to give me more time to write for YouTube. Yeah. So if okay. I'm having a conversation, you know, we have a bunch of bullet points that we want to hit off. Yeah. yeah. But it's more free flowing. Whereas for the previous 400 episodes, I'd scripted them. And, you know, you're talking three and a half thousand word script. Yeah. That takes a lot of time to write. So I wanted to free up time to do more of that for YouTube. So uh, having a co host has been a nice change, actually. So it's yeah. working really well. People are liking it. Good feedback, which is good. Yeah, no, good. So one thing I was thinking with the, these, are you thinking about sprinkling in your advisors that would potentially deal with those leads as well? Or is that yeah, it? exactly. That's definitely part of the plan. Just to you know, have a conversation about you know their journey and what they're learning because we've got a couple of new advisors. They've been advising yeah. less than two years. A large part of my job here at Jackson's is mentoring the advisors anyway, You know, mm -hmm. sitting in with them. It's really hard to sit in with another advisor and keep your mouth shut. Because <laughs> you just want to, you know, you want to sort of say it yourself, but of course that's not how they yeah. learn. So I want to free up more time to do that. But yes, uh, we have chatted about that, that maybe I have a sort of a, a rolling set of co-hosts and some of those are my advisors here. I think that might be smart. Yeah. Brilliant. One thing, I know I'm veering off my, my questions, but one thing I did want to bring up, Sometimes an objection to using your face, using your personal brands for your business is mm. that then people will only ever expect or want to work with you. And if you're the principal and you want to get away from advising, it feels like not the right thing to do. But you've got a process in place that you're doing that intro. This is how it's going to work. You'll speak to Joe Bloggs, my other yeah. advisor. Very often, if it's very often, I will sort of jump in on the first quarter of an hour of the initial get to know you meeting the courtship call uh, okay. so it'd be like you i, I part you, of me cringes to see the star well no don't do it <laughs> I, I just, like it makes me so uncomfortable that thing we had a client come in a couple of years ago and he came into reception right where and it's an open plan office so there's all of my team down there yeah and he literally said right Oh, so this is where the magic happens. I, I mean, that, my staff have never let me forget that since. So, oh my gosh. So I, that all makes me very uncomfortable. But having said that, it's an opportunity for me to say, look, thanks for listening. Thanks for, for getting yeah. in touch. This is Demi. This is Toby. This is Mark. This is Paul. You know, they're absolutely brilliant at their job. 
they work for me, they think like me, you know, and I will be monitoring the process. Mm-hmm. That is my job. So every week I meet with my advisors and just write, tell me about the cases you're working on. I read the reports, not all of them, but I read some of the reports before they go out. And so I can just reassure people that I'm involved, even if I'm not the lead yeah. advisor on a case. Well, you can't, can you? You know, if you want to no. sort of grow a scale of business, you can't, you know, I think no. people realize that, especially then we'll, we'll come to it. So yeah. awesome. I'm going to use that clip for when people uh, use that objection on me. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, it's possible to do both. Yeah, I would like it to be less about me going forward, but it is a process. Yeah. And you just have to manage expectations. Absolutely. So then normally then in terms of your superpower, simplifying things yeah. for people and communicating that in the right way. The next question feels like a stupid question because it's how does it make the world a better place? No, I don't think it's a stupid question at all. I think it's pretty obvious that people are making better decisions based on the content you put out. And then the, the, when you work with them, it, they're getting well, better yeah. outcomes. So they can help themselves. They are armed if they work with another advisor. They are, you know, clued up before they go into that relationship, which gives them a much better chance of having a productive relationship. I would say collaborative relationship with an advisor. If they work with us, I mean, <laughs> I would hope they'd have a decent outcome. Else, we're doing something pretty wrong. But I mean, we just, you know, we don't teach this stuff in schools or at universities or mm. at the workplace. Not anywhere near enough, anyway. And yet, it's just so fundamental to life. So. It's definitely making the world a better place just by empowering people to make better decisions for their own future. So, yeah, it's an obvious answer, but I think it's a really important one. Yeah, no, absolutely. And when did you think you were at a point when you thought, I'm actually pretty good at this? Was it from advising or was it from creating content or sort of both? Mm. Or has it never been like a light bulb sort of moment? No, I mean, the the light bulb moment was was what really got me going on the whole project. So I I mentioned the book Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. I happened to read that. Actually, I listened to it. And Gary's such a a very polarizing character, Gary. But he's he's such a zealot. You know, it was hard not to sort of get swept along for the ride, really. But around about the same time, I'd sort of come to the feeling that what we did was very powerful and I wanted to do it for more people, more than I could ever see one to one. So I was looking for a way to scale decent financial planning advice, really. But of mm-hmm. course, bumping up against all the regulatory and compliance headaches of doing that. So it's like, okay, I wanted to make a bit more of a dent than I could do. Gary V offered a way, you know, by mm-hmm. talking about YouTube and, and all that sort of stuff of, of doing that. And at the same time, a bunch of people just told me in different sort of areas of my life that I was good at explaining things. And that kind of sink in, sinks in after a bit, you know, if enough people, mm. it's like if you yeah. decide to buy, you know, a red Ford Focus, you see them everywhere. I mean, yeah. you see them everywhere anyway. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? If enough people tell you something, eventually it starts to sink in. And I started to take note of how I might explain something and watch the light go on in people's eyes when they finally get it. And I thought, well, maybe I am okay at this. But what creating content has done has enabled me to continually distill the way I communicate. So I'm a much better communicator now than I was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, because you have to refine, refine your thinking. Yeah. What's really funny is when clients spout your own stuff back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That always makes me smile. You know, and as Pete says, you know, <laughs> I can imagine your advisors like, Oh, fuck God. So I know. Pulled out yeah. One of Pete's lines again. Well, my, my, a couple of my teams, one, one of my uh, power planners called Will, said, oh, listen to the podcast this morning. I'm like, Will, you got you have to listen to me enough, like, <laughs> all day, every day. Why are you listening to me on your bus ride in, for God's sake? But, uh, yeah. but yes, fortunately, 
my team here have been put on earth to keep me humble. So, <laughs> as is my wife. So they don't let me get away with any kind of <laughs> hero complex, which is, uh, love which is good. Love it. I don't allow my team to... <laughs> <laughs> I, I pass it on them. I talk about it every day, which is <laughs> which is half true. Cool. One of my favourite questions, and I love hearing stories. So I am I'm I'm wondering whether Roger might be including this, but the the question really is that like there's every superhero has a guide, like Luke has yeah. Obi Wan. You know, they all have someone that has taught them something. And I think, and you mentioned your dad as well. Yeah. But who who have been your guides in terms mm. of helping you? sort of gets away and you obviously mentioned gary v as well yeah but, um, yeah I, I, when you sent sort of this this question in advance you made a point about hearing about folks that are not necessarily the mainstream so yeah that made me think quite long and hard actually and i'm glad also you gave me the option of having more than one because I, I don't think i could have yeah. narrowed it down I, i'll give you one sort of high profile person which has definitely had a big impact to me is michael hyatt i don't know if oh, you've come yeah. across him yeah he's yeah. a sort of productivity he was ceo of a massive publishing house in america started blogging just to keep in touch really with his team and just built this massive platform and now he has an eight figure annual business you know um, paper planners courses conferences yeah. um but yeah, I mean, if you're on his email list, you get about six emails a day. But <laughs> but he's uh, just built an incredible business, basically from sitting down and blogging. So he's definitely been a, an inspiration in many ways. But for folks that most people won't have heard of, I can pick on three really. So the first is um, a guy called Chris Ma who for a long time had uh, a an outfit called the Content Marketing Academy. So mm. I, I reckon he gets it like very few people do here in the UK. Lots of US gurus, of course, but he really got it. And for a long time, I was in a sort of fortnightly uh, mastermind with Chris. And he's one of the guys I love most on the planet. And he, he just really got it and really helped me and really challenged me early on. He's now working for a guy called Marcus Sheridan, who wrote oh. a book called They Ask You Answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a UK-based consultant for him, oh, and wow. uh, that's absolutely in his sweet spot, actually. So Chris was, was great for me. Andy Hart in our space. Me and Chris and Andy were in a mastermind together, actually. So Andy Hart is uh, Maven Money podcast. Uh -huh. The Maven Advisor is his financial planning firm. He really understands behavioral finance and has, I think, a unique knack of sort of getting down to a single word or phrase, an absolutely timeless truth. I don't think he knows how good he is at this. But also, he, he absolutely takes no prisoners. But I really appreciate the fact that he, he, he speaks very straight. And yeah, I'm very fond of Andy. And he's definitely been helpful uh, and encouraging to me. But easily the biggest one, Alex, the biggest guide is basically now my right-hand man at Meaningful Money. So his name is Kalyan Silev, Cal for short. And I met him through Chris Marr. So I went to Chris and said, look, mate, I, I can create content all day long, but by the time I do, I'm knackered and I can't <laughs> buster up the energy all the time to then go and market it properly. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need some help with that. And, you know, I'd, I'd been sponsored for a while by 7am and built up a little bit of uh, money in the coffers. And Chris said, I know just the man. He's actually very good at this and he's looking for people to work with 
to test a sort of proof of concept so that he can go on his own and do this for people. Mm. So he put me in touch with Cal and we had a Skype call. He's in Bulgaria, but I mean, he speaks better English than I do. <laughs> he went to university here in, in the UK. Okay. So we got on, you know, when you just meet somebody for the first time and it's like, oh yeah, we're going to get on just yeah, great. Yeah, and yeah. He, we, you know, we listen to the same people, both big Gary Fee fans, Pat Flynn fans. And that was, I mean, it was gosh, season 13 of the podcast. So that must've been 2018, 2017, something like that. Okay. Since then with his guidance and influence, I've set up Meaningful Academy, which is my, it's the sort of the middle of my three tiers, if you like. If you've got the free tier at the bottom, that's the podcast and the YouTube channel. Then you've got the one-to-many teaching tier, which is the academy. So people pay me a one-off fee and they, you know, get a bunch of video lessons and guides and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, there's the one-on-one stuff at Jackson's. That's mm-hmm. the top level. Well, I mean, that academy wouldn't have happened without Cal's uh, encouragement and editing a load of the videos. He's, yeah. He edits all my videos now. And, you know, so I cut him into that. I mean, it's earned us, uh, I think we're up over a quarter million quid in earnings now. And it wouldn't have happened without him. So in many ways, he's been a life-changing relationship for me. And I obviously try and look after him as best as I can because I don't want him to go anywhere else. So, um, (laughs) and he's brilliant. We just get on. We're great mates. We get on really well. And I've never met him in person yet because of COVID. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I mean, that that was an odd time when we hired people. And it was like, and you meet you meet them in in real life. You're like, oh, well, you're sort of taller than I than I thought. So <laughs> yeah. I look forward to you having that <laughs> experience of, like, oh, I thought you were, or the yes. other way around. You'll be like yeah, four yeah. foot, and you'll be like, oh, I thought you were seven foot. <laughs> yeah. Is it, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of delaying it with Cal because he's annoyingly good looking, oh. so I don't want to stand too close to him. <laughs> oh dear, when they're they're sort of good looking and intelligent and talented, yeah, no, and, yeah, that is annoying. It shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. It should not be allowed. <laughs> oh, so this is one of my second slash third favorite question. What's your kryptonite? Anything that annoys you, distracts you? Of I suppose you've kind of got in terms of things that distract you. You sort of you block that. You you you're time blocking your Fridays yeah. and things like that. But there must be something whether it's work or creating content or just clients or something that really winds you up. Yeah. Well. Okay. If it's stuff that winds me up, I might struggle a little bit there. When when I was reading this question, actually the first thing that came to mind was you know anything that stops you from working or achieving your goals. The thing I wrote down was chronic fatigue. Mm. So yeah. I became aware in May 2020 that I was suddenly very weak. So for instance, I have a Jack Russell, right? So I'd mm. sort of squat down to put the lead on the dog and have to pull myself back up. I didn't have the strength in my legs to actually mm. stand up. We went, it was half term, it was beautiful weather. You remember in lockdown, mm. I went for a walk with my family. It was about four miles. I got two miles in and I basically burst into tears and said, I can't make it back to the car. Mm. And I think, gee, and four months before that, before lockdown, I was in the gym three mornings a week, lifting heavy, with a personal trainer, mm. two and a half stone lighter than I am now. So I thought, what the hell is going on? What's the matter with me? And we've never really found out. That was obviously before any kind of testing. I had an antibody test for COVID in sort of late summer, but by that time it didn't show anything. Yeah. So I still don't know to this day whether I've had COVID or not, but on my medical records, it says that I have long COVID. Right. So it's a real pain in the backside. Because sometimes I wake up and I think, well, okay, this is not going to be a good day. I'm barely going to be able to get through the day and function. Fortunately, my mental function is unaffected because 
when I first became aware of it, I was struggling to finish sentences. And when I think, well, wow. <laughs> when you do what I do for a living, when you talk and think for a living, that was going to yeah. be problematic. But fortunately, that cleared very quickly, and it's just left me with a physical weakness. So I just have to manage that, Alex. I'm, I'm very mm. lucky. I mean, some people can barely function. They can barely yeah. get out of bed with it. I can get through a working day and a working week now, but I'm, I, I feel like I have flu all the time, basically. Oh. So that's a real sickener because I've got so much that I want to do and I just have to be really careful what I take on. So yeah. that right now is my kryptonite. I, I think other than that, I, I'm an inveterate people pleaser and it just it catches me every time I say yes to stuff mm. and then forget. Mm-hmm. That, and then wish I hadn't. That yeah. does not apply to this podcast, Alex. I was always happy to, <laughs> well, absolutely happy to talk to you, but you know, I, I do yeah, it all the time. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Fortunately, my assistant Carrie is pretty good at slapping me down when I say, I said, can we just fit this in? And she's like, oh, no. Yeah. No. So, no, we can't. So as far as stuff that annoys me, the, the one big thing about my profession that annoys me the most is this sort of low-grade superiority and patronizing complex towards mm-hmm. the public that we somehow have something that is like some mystic skill and only we can have it and only regulated advisors are the ones able to talk about our subject so i see it all the time in forums where you know somebody will put a link to a youtube video that somebody's put up you know and the, the, the youtube video is somebody who's unregulated unqualified but actually is talking a lot of sense Mm-hmm. But because they're unregulated and unqualified, it's just dismissed as nonsense by you know, very smart, very capable, long-standing professional financial advisors. And I just think, is money that complex and difficult really? Not for most people, for God's sake. You know, yeah. I, I just I can't stand arrogance at all. And I just think it, it, it taints what we do unnecessarily so that really hacks me off when i see it and i usually have to stop myself from <laughs> typing a tirade <laughs> uh, of abuse because i know a lot of these content creators and most of them are just really great people trying to make a difference and help people yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> a lot of points to cover there sorry just just no that's all right no no great for everyone context for everybody we had a little chat off air where i was saying i was complaining about my sore neck and how i've got a, a water bottle on and Pete never mentioned a word. He was actually really sympathetic. And now I feel incredibly awful about the whole long COVID Please don't. thing. Please don't. It's, it's just about, it's two years on and I'm learning to live with it. But I, And I do feel like I'm getting better slowly. I've just got oh, to good. be careful, man. I've just got to uh, not overdo it. If I overdo it, I pay the price for a week. Yeah. But it's okay. I've just learned to live with it. But uh, again, many people much, much worse off. So I've got a lot to be grateful for. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I am not qualified in this area at all. However, when I went on a purely vegan diet, and I am a I'm a meat eater. I like right. one of my hobbies is eating pig snacks. But when I went on a <laughs> when I went on a vegan diet, I've never felt so healthy and really? full of energy. I basically have a vegan breakfast and lunch and some on, on Monday to Friday I'll have a vegan tea right. and then I'll sort of eat what I want at the weekends. But yeah, well, cool. I got I felt much strong because there was a point where I remember like my daughter's six now and I always at 10 o'clock pick her up and take her for a wee. And then I remember mm-hmm. during, I think like you, I got it early on but didn't realise and I was really struggling to pick her mm-hmm. up like it was it was yeah but and unfortunately feel better now but yeah the i think f- we've underestimate how much affects food what we eat 
Uh, I'm sure you're right. And out to sort of look into that a bit more. Somebody suggested sort of Huel, out coffee Huel. the other day. Yeah, I, Huel, like, okay. I have Huel lunches. They oh, do yeah. a savory, hot and savory lunch, and that's my lunch every day. So it's like a posh pot noodle, basically. Oh, that's interesting. And it's full of vitamins and all the sort of nutrients that you, yeah. that you Perhaps need. I should look into that as well. I should mm. say, if I there's an additional wrinkle for me if I went vegan because my father-in-law was a butcher. So I'd be in massive danger of being in disinherited. <laughs> yeah. Don't just Not don't do you. Yeah. The problem is I'm out being a vegan. You have to tell everybody. So if you can, <laughs> if you can do that without that bit, you're, 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 <laughs> You'll be just do it on the down low. Be a secret, secret vegan, which I'm <laughs> going to get the domain for now. Yeah, which yeah, sounds like yeah. an amazing business. The it does. Vegan. <laughs> Brilliant, cool. Right, I've only got about seven more minutes of your time. No, mate, the, no rush from my point of view. But don't, I don't want to drag it out for your listeners either. So seriously, oh, no, I'm, I'm in your hands. Don't worry about it. They are all over it. But you must have some cool gadgets or apps <laughs> or something that, whether it's work, whether it's play, whether it's Creating content that you use. If you could see the room I'm sitting in, <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by thousands of pounds worth of cameras and lights and stuff, it's like my, I just, yeah. it's like my happy place. But <laughs> if I had to, um, yeah, distill it down to a couple, I love my Stream Deck. Come across the Stream Deck? Yeah, uh, so I have got, yes, I've got the mini, I've got it here unplugged on my desk because I good. don't use it. Good. It's quite good when it's plugged in. You should try yeah. that. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's basically a, a sort of programmable control surface. Yeah. So it's a bunch of buttons and you can customize what buttons have on them, the icons and stuff. And you, you know, it's plugged into your computer and you can, it's just a whole load of shortcuts. So, you know, if I'm recording a video to follow up a planning meeting with a client, so I usually have an hour, 90 minute, voyant planning call with a client and then i just create like a 10 minute summary version of what we discussed straight after i use obs studio for that and i've got a bunch of buttons that just you know uh, switch between scenes fade me in and out start and end the recording it just it's like shortcuts i have the same for teams meetings for zoom meetings turning the lights on and off in the room rejecting teams calls that's the most useful button um (laughs) so it's just you know, it makes it rather than grabbing the mouse and clicking you know, all the time, and there's just a whole bunch of buttons. I have the XL, so I got 32 buttons. <laughs> oh wow! I've got the, I've got a small, a small one. But like I say, yeah, I'm literally holding it now. It's got dust on it. <laughs> it's because I've done. Do you know what? I've done barely any. Do you know what? Since lockdown, it's been ridiculous. We we kind of, as a business, we were like, we've just got to focus. We you know, forget marketing. We've got to just focus. We've got to look after our clients because it's mm-hmm. such a scary time for everybody. I've had my head down doing so much work. I've rarely, I, I, I feel like, I've, I can't remember. I used to be like, people used to take the mick out of me, how live, how often I went live. But now yeah. I just, I just yeah. it's not fitted in. So it's just not been, it's literally gathering dust. But I love, you've inspired me. It's great. Light, I really like things it. Things like that. I've got, I'm sure I've got a Bluetooth little light bar thing that I should oh, hook all this stuff up. Well, it's, you know, for an inveterate sort of meddler or tweaker, it's a perfect <laughs> bit of kit. Yeah. But in addition to Stream Deck, the app that has changed my life most over the last couple of years is Notion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think it's like one of the most important apps since Gmail. It's just so good. I run Meaningful Money off it now. So okay. my, all my team, you know, are able to log in and, you know, we write we write and check scripts, you know, commenting and all that sort of stuff. It's just an infinitely scalable, personalizable mm-hmm. database. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Um, I use it all the time. Yeah, it's always open. It's on any device. It's a sort of guilty pleasure of mine is, is watching other people's Notion setups on YouTube. <laughs> we use ClickUp for our sort of project uh-huh. management and has got you know similar uh, kind yes. of functions and things but I am so into Airtable at the moment oh yeah which is basically your make your own tools and software and things like that I am making stuff all the time at the moment but <laughs> yeah I, I get it definitely very cool Definitely. And then your books, you've, you've mentioned a couple already, but is there, yeah, is last, there last, one? Okay, if I had to give you one, it would be The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Right. You come Easy across Naval? Easy to say. No. Yeah, so <laughs> Naval is a polymath and just one of these annoying geniuses that's good at everything. Silicon Valley entrepreneur and investor, but The Almanac of Naval Ravikant is a collection of sort of interviews that he's done, tweets that he's put out and all that sort of stuff collated by another guy called Eric Jorgensen. And it's just brilliant. I mean, I have a chair in my office. I quite often, I'm now able to walk to work. It's about half an hour and it's downhill. Mm. But very often I'll need to sit down for 20 minutes when I get here. And so I'll just sit down and grab a coffee and and read that. And it's it's like wisdom literature. And it's just so good. Everything from you know, wealth building to uh, self-management to crypto even, you know, just really interesting. The guy's just a, an outstanding thinker. But I'll give you one more <laughs> because he, I love uh, Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari and the follow-ups to that, which are basically a history of, of humankind and then like projecting that forward. There's a uh, follow-up, is called Homo Deus. I love those books, They're a bit, but they're a bit depressing. <laughs> because it can kind of paint us all just as animals, just highly evolved ones. And yeah, it just has the potential to be a bit depressing. But there's mm-hmm. a, a book I read recently. I picked it up in a bookshop and because Yuval Noah Harari was on the blurb on the front, as was Stephen Fry. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was sold. But the book is called <laughs> Humankind by Rutger okay. Bregman. And it's a bit of a play on words because it's humankind. And the premise is that despite what we might think we feel naturally and certainly despite what the media portrays that humanity is essentially good collaborative kind and yeah good Mm. which flies in the face of popular opinion but it's an extremely scholarly look at why that is actually true and you read it and you just feel much better about the world (laughs) you know despite all the crap that's going on i was gonna say now would be a good time yeah well you might think that actually current events might sort of negate that or mm. speak against that but it, these are always the exceptions which make a big noise but actually in the vast majority of human interactions across the globe every single day and for millennia most of those interactions are good and positive and it's a very very positive book so i highly recommend that humankind by rutger bregman love that love that and then finally i was just kind of thinking when we get to episode 400 i'll be back in another three <laughs> three years time what do you think we'll be talking about I I want to, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I want to be much better at communicating to our clients when they are clients, not just in the sort of funnel bit mm. before they become clients. Yeah. So I really want to build that out. I want to develop the meaningful brand to be more than it is. So the academy thing is something I'd love to spend more time on and build more content in there. I'd love to have more consumer-facing stuff like reviews and 
you know, I don't, I don't think I'll ever be like a Martin Lewis or anything, but mm. just something a bit more, even more consumer friendly and more useful and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I guess it's more of the same, but I just want to refine it and build it and do more work with it really. Yeah, um, nice. It's what I was put on earth to do. Awesome. Well, man, I'm, I really look forward to seeing it. I've really enjoyed catching up with you. Feels like a two minute interview packed into an hour, which you know, it's uh, a good great. one. Always good to chat to you, mate. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I really do appreciate. I really appreciate you taking a chance on me doing episode one as well because you, had, you know, had nothing there before. So yeah, well, really do listen, man. That. I think to get to two hundred episodes is a, a massive achievement. I believe it's still the case that most podcasts don't get past seven That's or eight, eight episodes. Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah. So to get to two hundred, not only shows that you know your subject and that you've got tons of value to add, but also that you enjoy doing it because if you didn't you wouldn't right so mate congratulations please keep going you're doing great work and helping a lot of people and um you know i know it's doing good stuff for your business as well so been my pleasure to watch you go from uh one to 200 oh my man i've got a massive head now so it's gonna be really (laughs) awkward for my for my my meetings this afternoon (laughs) you're more egotistical than usual what's going on that's right you've got a massive head but you're still a wuss for complaining about your neck (laughs) yeah i know and i've still got the hot water water on my neck and i was like oh am i gonna have time to fill this up before i speak to my my next my next call <laughs> I'm such a superhero. You are. Cool, my man. Thank you so, so much. And I hope we get to see you at some conferences or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Alex. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers. Bye.